This weekend we were in Austin for my niece and nephew's sixth birthday party, and we all had a great time. The kids had a great time playing together. Uh, cousins, these kids, these kids, cousins love each other like nothing else. Had a wonderful time and had a great time with uh, family and with my sister-in-law's family. We had a nice, easy conversation Friday night, during which um, my sister-in-law Darlene's father asked what we thought about the Zimmerman trial and verdict. Nice, easy topic for a Friday night with family. <laughs> and I wanted to give a fairly lengthy um, answer, but unfortunately, he only speaks a little bit of English, mostly Spanish. I only speak English and a little bit of Spanish. So um, I had to give about a one sentence and vastly inadequate answer to uh, what my thoughts were. But if I could have said something more, it would have gone something like this. Ever since Trayvon Martin was killed, we've been hearing about problems of race and racial profiling. And we've been hearing about problems of guns and violence and we've been hearing about problems of courts and judicial practice. And all of these headline-grabbing and angst-inducing topics are ultimately irrelevant to what happened between Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman. While we don't know the specifics of what happened leading up to Trayvon's death and how exactly their uh, fight and confrontation started, we know that by the end of it, Zimmerman was beaten up and Martin was dead. We don't know what was going through their minds leading up to this confrontation, but I've got a pretty good hunch that both saw the other as a threat, first and foremost, rather than as a human being. Race and guns and courts are all ultimately irrelevant. Two men saw each other as a threat, rather than as a human being. That goes completely counter to the way of life in the kingdom of God. Jesus was fully committed to the kingdom of God, and he didn't have time for anything else. Jesus was committed to God's kingdom in which people were humans, beloved children of God, first and foremost, before they were anything else. And Jesus was against anything which got in the way of loving people and treating them with love. Now Martha invited Jesus into her house for dinner. And home is generally a place where pretense is kind of left at the door and you get to be yourselves. We get to be ourselves with our family and our friends. So when Jesus entered Martha and Mary's home, Mary dropped all pretense. By the culture of the day, she was woman and he was man. She should have been preparing dinner or cleaning or doing any sort of task. And he should have been teaching for men only. But rather than let those customs get in the way of their interaction, Mary sat at Jesus' feet and listened to him. Mary spent time with Jesus. Martha, on the other hand, invited Jesus into her home and then completely ignored him. Spending all of her time preparing dinner, maybe, fixing things around the house. She was following the customs and the norms of the day. But she was bound by them and enslaved to them. He man, she woman, and Jesus didn't have any time for that. The kingdom of God doesn't have time for anything that gets in the way of genuine human interaction. There's no place in the kingdom of God for anything that gets in the way of loving our neighbors. Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman saw each other as threats. 
And it's easy to eliminate a threat. It's easy to destroy an enemy. But once that threat or that enemy becomes a human being, then it's not so easy to destroy that human being. And so long as we are threats and enemies in each other's eyes, then violence and anger and darkness will have an easy time remaining strong in the world. Proclaiming and enacting the kingdom of God, first and foremost, we don't see each other as threats and enemies, but as human beings. Humans with parents. Humans with children. Humans with brothers and sisters, with blessing. Humans with troubled pasts. Humans who are just as afraid as we are. Humans whose lives are every bit as much of a mess, if not more so than our own. Living in the kingdom of God, we don't have time to see each other in any other way. As disciples of Jesus, if we truly are living as disciples of Jesus, then we will be fully committed to proclaiming and enacting the kingdom of God. Seeing each other as human beings first and foremost. Loving God and loving each other. As disciples of Jesus, we will be fully committed to admitting when we haven't lived up to the kingdom of God life. Fully committed to making amends for those times and fully committed to repenting and returning to the kingdom of God life. Now there are lots of people whose narratives are different than the kingdom of God narrative and they are fully committed to those narratives. Martin and Zimmerman we heard. It's about racism. Martin and Zimmerman. It's about guns. Martin and Zimmerman, it's about whatever cause the spokesperson has. And folks have been championing these causes and are fully committed to these causes. And they take every opportunity to voice their commitment to their cause. And disciples of Jesus have been part of these discussions, and yet I've not once heard someone say that the problem between Zimmerman and Martin was that two men didn't see each other as human. I have yet to hear a disciple of Jesus proclaim that two men who were at least nominally Christian, viewed each other as less than human and weren't, at least in that moment, living the kingdom of God life. As disciples of Jesus, we need to stop getting caught up in these other narratives. They have their place, but our narrative is primarily the gospel narrative, and our way of life is first and foremost, love God and love people. And all other considerations fall under those two ways of the kingdom of God life. The narratives we've been hearing in the wake of Trayvon's death are all reactive narratives. Once a problem arises, champions pounce on it to champion their causes. In the kingdom of God life, we are proactive in proclaiming and enacting a loving world. As a solution to crime, our laws and courts focus on locking people up to punish and prevent at the back end of crimes. And that has its place. But the kingdom of God, the proactive kingdom of God life, tries to take away the reasons for crime. And I'm not talking about a political or governmental solution. I'm talking about the way that we live our lives as disciples of Jesus. When Jesus saw hungry people, he fed them. When Jesus saw people in pain, he healed them. Jesus taught people a better way of viewing each other than as threats and enemies. Jesus treated other human beings as children of God and he didn't have time for anything else. He didn't get involved in the struggle against the Romans. That wasn't his arena. 
Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. As we heard in the story of the Good Samaritan last week, Jesus' arena was the kingdom of God. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. That is our way of life. That is our arena. That is our fight. And we probably won't win. So let's do it anyway. Disciples of Jesus don't live the kingdom of God life because we know we're going to win. Jesus wasn't concerned with the fact that it would take centuries for women to be able to sit at rabbi's feet. Jesus saw a woman who wanted to listen to him and he talked to her. Disciples of Jesus aren't concerned with winning and losing. Disciples of Jesus live and proclaim the kingdom of God life because that is who we are and how we live. If some other way of life is going to win out in this world, then so be it. We're going to be disciples of Jesus. We're going to live and proclaim the kingdom of God life. We're going to heal the hurting we see in the world. We're going to see other people as human beings, not as threats. We're going to be proactive in how we live, striving for justice and peace among all people and respecting the dignity of every human being. We're going to seek and serve Jesus in all people. We're going to live according to the teaching of Jesus and the apostles. We're going to resist temptation and repent when we fail. We're going to proclaim and enact the gospel, the kingdom of God life. As disciples of Jesus, that is who we are. And that is how we live. And that is how we view the world. And we just don't have time for anything else. Amen.